0: Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the rebellion of Absalom, as we pick up in 2 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: Last week, we left David in very sad shape. His son Absalom had rebelled against him, had gone down to Hebron and had gathered Israel to his support, who he had gradually been sort of enticing away from his father. And when he felt that he had enough strength, he announced his kingdom and began moving with his troops towards Jerusalem. And David, rather than having a direct confrontation with his son Absalom, began to flee from Jerusalem with a great company of people with him, leaving the city of Jerusalem, going through the valley of the Kidron, and up over the Mount of Olives, covering his head with a handkerchief and weeping as he went. At this particular time, it seemed that it gave David's enemies all a chance to come out and get their licks in against David. And Shimei, who was one of the relatives of Saul, came along, cursed David, threw rocks at him and his company. And Abishai, uh, one of David's generals, wanted to go up and take the guy's head off. But David said, no, maybe God's laid upon his heart to curse me. Let him go. And we notice that David was very resigned to all of these things that were happening. He accepted them as really God's judgment against him for his sin. For when David sinned against the Lord and Nathan the prophet came to David, Nathan told him that because of this sin the sword will not depart from your house. But your very children will rise up in rebellion against you. And your wives will be humiliated in the sight of all of the people. And so the fact that uh, his own son is now rising up against him, David accepted this as just a part of God's judgment. So rather than trying to fight God's judgment upon his life, David is submitting himself totally to the judgment of God. He makes no endeavor to defend himself against this judgment of God, but he accepts it. And, and when uh, his men would, would stand up and fight, he'd say, no, maybe God is meaning this as a part of his judgment. And, and you know, let the licks fall where they will. And he, and he received this in, in a very submitting way submitting himself unto God in these things and submitting the whole case unto God. In this submission to the Lord, David is extremely honorable. And uh, it it is just uh, really remarkable to me how that David, this tremendous man of war and valor and all, just really makes no endeavor to fight or or to hold up his cause but yields even to this, to the extent that he allows this Shimei to run along the hillside above him, throwing rocks at him and cursing him and all. So we left David at that point, fleeing from Jerusalem, and his counselor of old times, Ahithophel, turning unto Absalom, And joining with Absalom against David, and of course we pointed out that this actually was the the basis of one of David's psalms, concerning it was you, my own equal, who turned against me. If an enemy I could have taken it, but uh, you, my friend, we went into the house of God together, and David lament over Ahithophel's, Uh, turning from him. Now, as we get into chapter 17, Ahithophel, formerly David's counselor, is now advising his son Absalom. And he tells Absalom, now the best thing to do is to let me have 10,000 men and let me pursue after David immediately and we will catch him while he is weak and while he is tired. And the men that are with him will flee from him. And I'll only kill David. And the rest of the people, when they see that David is dead, they'll have no further cause to fight. And so they will all submit to you as king. And so Ahithophel was was counseling Absalom in, in this way. And the counsel seemed good to all of the men to, to attack while the opportunity was there and while it seemed ripe, while David was fleeing, while he was weakened and in this weakened state, catch him now, kill only David, and uh, then the rest falling into Absalom. So Hushai, who was David's friend, Who David sent back to sort of counterman the counsel of Ahithophel. Hushai then suggested that no, he said the counsel of Ahithophel isn't good. For David and his men, they are valiant men, you know how tough they are. And they are right now like a lion that has been robbed of her her little cubs. They're like a lion that have been cornered. You attack them now and they're going to be vicious. Their backs are against the wall. And, and, and they're going to be even more valiant than normal. If you seek to attack them now, what's going to happen is that with their backs against the wall, they're going to be fighting like everything. And after they, they st- wipe out the first contingent, then news is going to spread through all of Israel that your unit that went out to capture David was wiped out and all of Israel is going to be afraid because they know how tough and how valiant David and his men are. So he said, don't attack them right away, but wait and summon together all of Israel. Get the whole nation down here that you might go with a great invasion against David and thus take him and let Absalom lead the armies against David and so that the people will see that Absalom is able to lead the people into war and all. So the counsel of Hushai seemed to be good and they all went along with Hushai's counsel to wait and gather all of Israel together and then let Absalom lead in the battle against David. So David did have his men stationed in Jerusalem, his CIA, and uh, they said to these two fellows, run and tell David what the counsel of Ahithophel was and, and all, and let him know uh, what's going on. So these two fellows uh, went out to, uh, well, they said, go tell this wench and let her go tell him and all. And so uh, story goes how they hid in a well and so forth. But Ahithophel was a, was a sore loser, because he saw that his advice wasn't followed. Verse 23 When Ahithophel saw that the counsel, that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and he arose and went home to his house, to his city. He put his house in order and hung himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. That's what you call a poor loser. (laughs) Absalom didn't follow his counsel. And so the guy went home, set his house in order, and committed suicide. Now, probably Ahithophel was wise enough to realize that Absalom... Was so vain that the council of Hushai actually catered to the vanity of Absalom. Let Absalom lead the armies, you know, so that people can see how wonderful Absalom is. And he probably at this point realized I've made a blunder in hitching myself to Absalom's rising star. This young guy doesn't have enough sense. And he probably realized that Absalom was going to fall. And thus he figured if Absalom fell, then it would be his neck in the noose anyhow because of the fact that he had dealt so treacherously with David and turned against David, his his friend, the one that he had counseled and, and the one that had been so close to him. And, and he realized his, that when Absalom was destroyed, that he would also probably be destroyed by David for this treacherous turnaround on his part. And therefore, rather than fall into the hands of David, realizing that Hushai's counsel was going to lead to disaster, he was only seeking to bail out Uh, before the disaster came. Ahithophel, a very wise man, noted for his counsel. He shows certain wisdom in that he set his house in order, got everything all prepared, but then he shows great folly in taking his own life. Wise men often do stupid things. And Ahithophel is a classic example. So Absalom led the troops over Jordan and all of the men of Israel with him as he was pursuing after his father David. And Absalom made Amasa the captain of his host instead of Joab. Now Joab, of course, was captain or general over the armies of Israel under David, Joab and his brother Abishai. But now Absalom makes Amasa, the general over the armies of Israel. And Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead, which is the area up around the southern end of the Sea of Galilee over on the Jordanian side. And it came to pass, when David was come to Mahaneh, that Shobi the son of Nahash, of the children of Ammon, and Micah, the Gileadite, brought beads and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of the cows for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said, The people are hungry and weary and thirsty in this wilderness. So David numbered the people that were with him, and he set the captains over the thousands and captains over the hundreds. And David sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of Joab, a third part under Abishai, who was the brother of Joab, and a third part under Ittai, the Gittite. And the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you myself also. So now David is preparing to defend himself and he divides the people that were with him, the men of war, into three companies and David volunteers to go with them. And they said, no, you shouldn't go into battle with us. You stay back here because really you're the one they want. If we should fall in battle, it doesn't make any difference, you know. They're really not after us. They're only after you. And if you go out there, you're just going to put yourself in jeopardy because you're the one they're after. And so we'll go out, and we will fight for you. And so the king called Joab, David called Joab, and Abishai and Ittai, his generals, and he said, deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And so he orders them, now look, you know, deal gently with him. Even though Absalom had rebelled against his father, yet he was still his son, and David still had a great love, for his son Absalom. And so the people went out into the field against Israel, and they met them in the woods of Ephraim. And the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David, and there was a great slaughter of 20,000 men. For the battle was scattered over the face of all the country, and the woods devoured Israel more people that day than the sword. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under a thick bough of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between heaven and earth, and the mule that was under him went away. Now you remember that Absalom grew hair profusely. In fact, when they would, shave his head every year there were 3 to 4 pounds of hair and and they would they would shave his head and pull it and 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 all each year and the, he had 3 to 4 pounds of hair and so hair can be an attractive thing but it can also be a disastrous thing and for Absalom it was a disaster as he was riding on his donkey riding under this branch of an oak tree his hair got caught in the oak and the donkey kept going and he was there swinging by his hair from that oak branch and a certain man saw him and he told Joab and he said behold I saw Absalom hanging in an oak and Joab said to the man that told him you saw him why didn't you smite him and I would have rewarded you 10 shekels of silver, and a girdle. And the man said to Joab, if you give me a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I wouldn't put forth my hand to touch him because I heard what David told you, that you shouldn't touch his son Absalom. And I would have wrought falsehood against my own life, for there is no matter that is hid from the king." and thou thyself would have set yourself against me. So the guy says, do you think I'm crazy? I know David, nothing's going to be hid from him. He doesn't want his son Absalom touched, and, and you yourself would witness against me. So Joab said, I shouldn't wait with you, and he took three darts in his hand, and he thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was still alive there in the midst of the oak and the ten young men that bare Joab's armor circled about and smote Absalom and they killed him and Joab blew the trumpet and the people returned from pursuing after the Israelites for Joab restrained the people and they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit and they threw a lot of a great heap of stones upon him and uh during Absalom's lifetime, we read that he had made a sort of a tower, uh, a monument, uh, after and named it after his own name. And, he, and he, this pillar he called Absalom's place. Now, there is in Jerusalem today, in the valley of the Kidron, down beneath the what they call the pinnacle of the temple, which is the corner of the mount that Herod built for the temple in his day, there is down there in the bottom of the Kidron a sort of a burial place, a a pillar, a monument that is called Absalom's Tower. However, most of the noted archaeologists say that it dates to some period after Absalom and is not in reality the tower that is mentioned here in the Bible. However, by making it a, a biblical thing, more people go down to look at it. But uh, Absalom had a pillar that he had erected a monument and had set up in a valley For it said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. Now this is interesting because the scripture said that he had two sons. And so either his sons, both of them died young, or uh, he built the pillar before his sons were born. And one of the two, we don't know which it might be. So Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said to Joab, let me run and tell David the news. And Joab said to him, Asnah, you'll run some other day. And he called Cushi. And he said, go and tell the king what you have seen. And so Cushi bowed himself and began to run. And Ahimas came back again. He said, I want to run. Please let me run. I want to go tell the king.
0: Turn with more of our verse by verse Bible study in the book of Second Samuel on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Second Samuel 17 through 18 when visiting the word for today.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck.
1: Now, may the Lord be with you and bless you. May He give you a good week. May you just experience more and more the grace and the fullness of our Lord. As you yield your lives to Him, may you discover God's blessed plan that He has in mind for you. And may you not come short in any spiritual gift. May you abound in all things in Christ Jesus as we wait. For the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you
0: and the Lord bless you. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California.
1: Every year, Pastor Chuck used to give a prophecy update to prepare Christians to be ready to give an answer to anyone who wants to know what the Bible says about the future. And right now, The Word for Today would like to offer you resources that will help you comprehend and unravel the scriptures that pertain to prophecy, such as Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Revelation or a collection of DVDs that relate to Israel, the rapture, and the Holy Spirit in the last days. I encourage you as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ To become informed about what the Bible says about the soon return of Jesus Christ and to be able to share your faith with others. For more information about resources concerning biblical prophecy, call The Word for
0: Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.